Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity and privilege to be in your presence, Lord, to study your word. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, we invite you into our midst that you will come and teach us in the name of Jesus. Open our hearts to be receptive to your word. We pray, God, that you enlighten our understanding in the name of Jesus. Give us the grace to walk in obedience to your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, so last week um, we we dealt with um, Revelation chapter 4 and then chapter 5, and we touched on um, the rapture as well. Um, anyone wants to share with us um, something they learned from, they still remember from last week, or anything they learned after last week that they want to share with us? Anyone? No one? No one wants to share with us. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll share. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um the well we didn't well we we talked about it, um, but I don't think it was really mentioned like that, but um one of my thoughts of just what happened what's happening in heaven and how they are just worshiping God. Uh, it just astounds me. It just lets us know that uh, we should be, we should really be worshiping God, not only on Sunday, but we should worship the Lord every day and just give him thanks. You know, um, it, the whole picture that is shown in, in Revelation 4 is just, just so glorious and and so beautiful and majestic um, that it kind of should leave us in awe of what is happening in that chapter. So I think that's one of the big things that kind of just stuck in my head. Um, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And, and how everything also just ties together uh, from... Um, you know how you mentioned the the faces, the animals, the lion, the cat, and then how it ties into Matthew, Mark. So um, I just found it very beautiful how everything just comes together um, in an awesome way. Yeah, so that's all. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you very much for sharing. The Bible tells us that prophecies are going to cease. Everything else is going to cease. But we know that worship is not going to cease. In heaven, we will not need anybody to preach to us. <laughs> but we will continue to worship. And, and so that's it. A very good one observation by Pastor Jessica. Um, Pastor Steve, do you have your hand up? Yes. Yeah. Um, I also learned about rapture. Rapture means being caught up. And I have a puzzle or whatever the Greek word, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. And I like how, it, you know, we won't, it's like it's not a mysterious thing. It happened throughout the Old Testament. So you talked about Enoch, Elijah, and cited all those examples. So as Christians, we should also look forward to that as our destiny. It's not something that we should be afraid of. It's something that is bound to happen. So we look. We looked at that from a scriptural point of view. So for me, that's 
on underneath in silence. All right. Thank you very much for sharing. Um, yeah, so we looked at the rapture last week. We talked about a rapture that God was going to snatch away the church. And we saw a couple of examples like Pastor Steve has mentioned. We saw Enoch was taken away by God. We saw that Elijah was also taken away by God. We saw Jesus Christ also elevate um, towards heaven and he he was covered by the cl- um, cloud. And we saw Philip also who experienced some sort of snatching away from one city to the other. I think the, um, the last one we didn't mention was Paul who also said that he was caught up into the heavens. And it was the same word that was used, hapazo. He was also caught up into the heavens. And so we have seen, um, like Pastor Steve is saying, we have seen similarities of the rapture happen in, in the Bible, right from the Old Testament. God takes people away. And so if Jesus Christ has promised us that he's going to take us away, like the Bible says, in a twinkle of an eye, it's going to be so fast, it's going to be so quick. And will be taken away, will be snatched away from this earth. And so Jesus Christ has promised us that it's going to happen, that he's he's coming to snatch his church away. And so let's all be prepared. It's not to scare us. It is not to make us afraid. But it is to cause us to prepare to meet the Lord. Because he has promised that he's coming for us and he's coming for his church. And therefore all of us who are believers must prepare for the rapture of the church. After the rapture of the church, as we are going to learn today from the Bible, there is going to be a lot of, um, that is when the tribulation actually starts. And it's going to be very difficult. Christians are going to be very, um, are going to be persecuted. And the Bible says that the tribulation of that time has never happened on earth. So if you think about even the first century, when the Christians were being persecuted, when the disciples were being killed, how they were all killed. Some of them were um, were crucified with their head down, downwards. Others were sawn into two with a sword. They were divided into two. Others were pierced multiple times in their heart. Others were fried into oil, were, were fried by oil, and were, were fried with oil and all that. When you look at all that persecution that has um, that um, the, the, the church of God, or the church of Christ has experienced from the beginning of the first century. And the Bible still tells us that the tribulation of that time has never been experienced. It will be so severe that it has never been um, experienced. That it's not a time that we want to live in. It's not a dispensation that we want to be around. So as people of God, let's prepare ourselves like the faithful church. So that when Christ comes to, when Christ descends on the clouds, to snatch away the church from the earth, we will be snatched away, we'll be raptured, and we'll go and be with Christ so that we will not have to see the tribulation. Even though people are going to be saved in the tribulation, it is not what it is not the it is not something that you want to wish for yourself. Because a lot of people who are a lot of people who are going to be saved out of the tribulation will have to be martyred, will have to be killed. And so Let's all live our lives in a manner when in a, in a way that when Christ comes to snatch away his church, we will not be missing. We will go to be with Christ. We will be snatched away and be raptured. And the Bible says, so shall we be with the Lord. Now, after the rapture of the church, the final, um, the final tribulation begins to unfold. And it's going to be very, very, um, very, very fast. Like we said from um, Thessalonians chapter 2. Um, 
2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5 to 7, that it is the church that is resisting the um is resisting the Antichrist and is resisting the tribulation from taking place. The Bible tells us that the church is the light of the world, the church is the salt of the earth. Because of the church, darkness cannot overcome the earth. The presence of the church here preserves the earth. And once the church is taken away, now all the tribulation, all the seals that we saw from um, last week is released. And you see all these things happening. And so as a church, our responsibility is to live like Christ. We have the mindset. We ha- if we have that mindset that we are always going to live our lives like Christ, the tribulation will not be a surprise to us. The Bible says that as the days of Noah, so shall it be. When the days of Noah, in the days of Noah, the people were drinking, were having fun, were were uh, were, were given into marriage and all that. They refused to repent, even though Noah was preaching to them, was telling them that the the the, the rain was coming. The rain was they they refused to repent. But you see, the rain only came down when Noah and his family went into the ark. That was the only time the rain came down. So as long as Noah and his family were not ready to enter inside the earth, the rain did not come down. Again, in the same vein, as long as the church is here on earth, the tribulation is not going to begin. Sodom and Gomorrah is the same thing like we read um, the other time. That as long as Lot was still in the city, nothing could have the angels could not do anything because the angel himself said in chapter 19 that i cannot do anything unless you you leave the city and so as long as the people of god are here on earth we are the ones resisting these things from taking place but as soon as the people of god are taken out of this place the tribulation is going to be released the antichrist is going to appear and so last week we touched on chapter 5. We saw, um, we saw the seven seals as well. And the Bible tells us that no one was worthy to open the seal. And when John saw, saw that no one, was open to, um, no one was worthy to open the seal, he began to weep. But then one of the elders came and, 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 and touched him and told him that he should not cry because the lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered. The lion of the tribe of Judah is worthy to open the seal. In John chapter 5, verse 22, the Bible tells us that, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. And we know the seals were going to, um, it is, is the judgment of um, the sinners and the redemption of the saints. That is going to unfold through the seal. And the only one who has the power to do so is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Many times when we talk about the Lion of the tribe of Judah, or Jesus Christ coming as a lion, um, a picture is painted in our mind that Jesus Christ is coming like a wild beast, like a lion, as we, we, we have all known. We know how a lion is because the first time we know he came like a lamb. But today I want us to also have this picture, picture at the back of our minds that the first time Jesus Christ came, he came as a lamb with no reputation. He came, he had to borrow the womb of a virgin, a young virgin to be born. He had to live like a baby. And at a point, he had to be hidden away from Herod because Herod was searching for his life to destroy him. He had to be hidden until the time of his, he had to go into um, the wilderness to be tested by the devil. And then John had to, um, John had to introduce him to the world. 
the light, he came like a sheep with no reputation, like a servant. But the next time he's coming, he's coming like royalty. He's coming like a king. He does not need any virgin's womb. He does not need anybody to introduce him. The trumpet is going to introduce him. He's coming in the fullness of his glory. The whole earth will see Jesus Christ in the fullness of his glory. And he's coming with his army. So when you think about the lion of the tribe of Judah, think about royalty. That when Jesus Christ is coming again, he's coming in the fullness of his royalty he's not coming like a lamp he's not going to hide from anyone from any of his enemies he's not coming to enter into any argument with any of his enemies or people who don't who do not accept him bible says he's coming to destroy those who do not accept him those who have rejected him those who have this um, blasphemed against him with the sword and with the words of his mouth and so when you think about the lion of the tribe of judah think about um, jesus christ coming in all his glory all his glory as god and the whole earth will see him the next the first time he came he came like a baby he was hidden and all that but this time he's coming in all his glory and everyone is going to see him so he took the scroll he opened it and then we saw the 24 elders were worshiping him now the very interesting thing, thing we saw last week was that the 24 elders, from their song, they were saying that they were, they were also from, the, we can tell that they were also from the earth because of the song that they were singing. Because of the song um, they, they are singing, we know that um, they were coming from the earth. And they said they had been redeemed from the earth. They have been made kings and priests. And the Bible tells us that these 24 elders were worshipping God in, a, in an orderly manner. So today we are going to start with, um, we are going to start with chapter, six, chapter 6. So I'm going to read. Um, chapter 6 of Revelations. All right. Now, I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures singing with a voice, with a voice of thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, he who sat on it, had a, bo a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer now many times when we talk about this description a lot of people when jesus christ is coming in revelation 9 revelation chapter 19 we see jesus christ coming on a white horse and so a lot of people have said that in revelation chapter 6 the one that the bible is talking about is jesus christ but based on the things that happen, we know that it is not Jesus Christ. The Bible says that, and when the the um, the seal was open, he heard a, vo a voice of the creature saying, "Come and come and see." And when he came, there was a white horse, and the one who sat on the horse had a bow. Now, the one who is coming here is the Antichrist. The one who is sitting on the horse is the Antichrist. Now, when the Bible says that the per uh, the person was sitting on the horse, it does not mean that um, people will see him visibly sitting on a horse and coming down. But then these are things that are going to happen in heaven. That the Antichrist will be coming down and will be sitting on a horse. 
it is part of the revelation that um john saw so it's not you will not see visibly that uh, i know there are videos running around where you can see a horse is running in the sky and all that i don't know if the video is true or not but then this thing is not something i don't i i believe it's not something people are going to see with their physical eyes but the return of jesus christ people will see with their physical eyes because the bible has told us that the spirit of antichrist is already at work the antichrist will not be coming from the sky the book of daniel tells us that he was it was a beast that was um raised among the among the men and so this antichrist will be will be a person who will be who will come out of the men but he will not be coming from the sky he will not be on a horse it's not literal like that there are symbols here in in revelations and there are things that pertain to um um to the vision okay let me share my slides quickly Okay, there are things that pertain to, to the vision. And so it is not going to be a literal thing that people will see the Antichrist on the horse. And so, again, the Antichrist is coming and he has a bow with him. Now, the Bible tells us that Satan has been disarmed. When you read Colossians chapter 2, verse 5, the Bible says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And so we know that Satan has been disarmed. He doesn't have any power. And so this Antichrist who is coming will not have any weapon. Because if you have just a bow and you don't have an arrow to shoot the bow with, it is not a weapon that you can use to wage war. And so the Antichrist is not coming to fight in the first instance. Now, the tribulation is going to be for a period of seven years. In the first three and a half years, the Antichrist will come like a man of peace. And so we know that if he is coming with a bow which does not have an arrow, he is not coming to fight. But then he is coming with deception. And so he is going to deceive men. He will come as if he is an angel of light. He will come as if he is a good man. And people will fall in love with the Antichrist. He will come as if he is a peacemaker. And he will use that deception to win the heart of the whole world. And when I say the whole world, it doesn't mean that every single person on earth is going to bow to the Antichrist or is going to give in to the deception of the Antichrist. So the Antichrist will come and deceive the world. He's coming with a bow. He doesn't have any weapon. And the Bible says that a crown was given to him. Another reason why it cannot be Jesus Christ on this horse here is because a crown will not be given to jesus christ the bible tells us that jesus christ has many crowns he is the king of kings and he's the lord of lords so satan is going to give a crown to this antichrist and it's through the deception that he's going to play the whole world will come and love him the people will love him and then they will make him a king or they will make him some sort of ruler and so when you compare this white horse with the white horse in Revelation chapter 19, which we are going to talk about later. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 to 16, which is actually Jesus Christ. But this one, this person here is not Jesus Christ. This is the Antichrist. And so look at Revelation 19, verse 11 to 16. The Bible says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. It's the same thing, a white horse. The reason why I'm not surprised is because the Antichrist will come to deceive people, will make himself some sort of savior. And so it is not so much of a surprise that he's also coming. The Bible is describing him as coming with a white horse. 
And so he who sat on it was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. So a crown was not given to Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ had many crowns on his head. And the Bible says that. Which word is he reading now? Um, I'm reading Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 to 16. And it, the Bible says that his eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except him. He was clothed with the rope dipped in blood and his name was called the word of God. We know Jesus Christ was always called the word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on on the white horse and out of his mouth goes sharp um, a sharp sword and that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron he made himself tread the vine press of the fierce or the fierceness of the wrath of god and so you see jesus christ who is being described here compare this description in revelation chapter 19 to the description we see in revelation chapter 6 you know that the revelation the man who revelation chapter 6 is talking about who is sitting on the white horse is not jesus christ why because one he's coming with a bow jesus christ always uses a sword which is the word of his mouth jesus christ is the king of kings a crown is not given to jesus christ he has many crowns again um jesus christ is not coming to conquer he is the king of kings he's just coming um, to wage war against the enemies of the Lord. And the Bible tells us that with the sword of his mouth, which is his word, he's going to conquer them. And so the Antichrist is released after the snatching away of the church. Like, and this also, um, this is supported by what Thessalonians tells us, that he, um, this, even though the son of petition has been released, the person who is let um, who is resisting him will continue to resist him until he is taken away. So as soon as the church is taken away, the antichrist is released. And like I said, he is coming with deception. He's not coming in the first three and a half years. He's not coming to fight. He's not coming to impose any authority. He's coming to deceive the world. And the kings of the earth and the people of this world will give him a crown. They will make him a leader. And so he, they will see him as a man of peace, as a good person. And it is through this deception that he will become a leader. And when he becomes a leader, that is when he will begin to reveal his actual mission and his real character, which will be in the next three and a half years. Like I said the other time, that tribulation is going to be for seven years. The first three and a half years, the Antichrist will pretend to be a man of peace. The next three and a half years is when he's really going to reveal his character and begin to execute evil on the people. And so verse 3 says that when he opened the second seal, I had the second living, um, living creature say, Come, come and see. Another horse, very red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace out of the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there, there was given to him a great sword. And so the next plague that is, um, or the next seal, when the next seal is opened, what is released is war. There's going to be war. People are going to kill one another. Even right now, that these seals have not been released yet. 
Look at the kind of atrocities that, that is happening all over the world. Look at how people can kill people without thinking about it. And when this seal is released, when the actual spirit of wickedness and vengeance and killing is released at that time, the Bible says that there is going to be war. People are going to kill um, each other. Peace will be taken out of this, this world. Now, these things are being shared with us in advance. Not because God wants to scare any of us, but God wants to inform us the things that are going to happen so that we don't go through these experiences. God does not delight in destroying the earth. God does not delight in people killing one another. But because sin will be so much and because God will want to deal with sin and clear sin out of the earth, and bring a new earth and a new heaven which does not have sin. And so everybody who has the nature of sin, who has not accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior, will have to be removed from the earth because God wants to clear the earth of sin. He wants to rid the earth of sin. He wants to remove sin from the earth. And so he's giving us these things 2,000 years in advance. Again, when I look at these things that he actually, these um, things or these warnings were given to us 2,000 years in advance, it, it even confirms the love that God has for us. It confirms the fact that God does not want us to perish and he doesn't want these things to happen to us. And so he has made a way of escape that if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you will be raptured with the church and you wouldn't have to go through this experience. He's telling us this is what is going to happen at the end of the age. Because people are going to continue to be sinful. But I don't want you to be part of this, those people. I don't want you, you to be around at that time. And so I'm going to make a way of escape. But even then, the people who are still stubborn and still stay to see all these things, he still makes an option available for them to be saved. But the Bible tells us, if we continue to look at um, the chapters, you see that even with everything that is happening, the people were not going to repent. They were going to continue to blaspheme against God. They were going to continue to curse God. They were going to continue to live in idolatry, in sexual immorality. Because you, another thing that this should tell us, that these things do not even, if, if the people who were actually experiencing it at that time did not repent, why do people normally preach this in a, in a way to scare people so that they will come and accept Jesus Christ? The, the, the purpose of the book of Revelation was to inspire the Christian to remain faithful. Mind you, like we said when we did the first, we did chapter one, that the Christians were going through a time of tribulation when Revelation was written. And so if the people were already going through tribulation, they needed a message that would inspire them to stay faithful. And that is why he gave them Revelation. It wasn't to scare them because they were already being persecuted, but it was to inspire them and tell them that there is hope ahead, that they have a place. They, they have an inheritance in the Lord if they remain faithful. And so the message in Revelation is timeless. When we read Revelations as Christians, it should also inspire us to stay faithful. But it should not scare us. That is not the purpose of the book of Revelation. Verse 13 says that, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, I had saying, Every creature was saying 
And the Bible tells us in Philippians that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And they, everything on earth, in heaven, under the earth, and even in the sea, we're saying blessings and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. And so for those people who have decided that they are going to blaspheme, they are not going to accept um, the gospel, the Bible says every creature will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Paul has written that for us already. And we see that happening, that everything in heaven, under the earth, everything was saying that glory and blessings and honor be to the Lamb. In chapter 6, the Bible says that, Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures singing with a voice like thunder, Come and look, and behold, a white house. I'm sorry, I think I've read this already. Sorry, I should move to chapter 7. Sorry, I think my slide is mixed up. Let me read from... Alright, so I'm reading from chapter 14. I'm sorry, I'm reading from verse 14 of chapter 6. Now, then the sky rescended as, as, a, as a scroll when it's rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, great men and rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the, in the rocks and in the mountain. And they said, to the mountain, fall on us, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, who is able to stand. And so we see at that time, the people even desired to die. They wanted the mountains to fall on them so that they die, but then the mountains will not fall on them. At that point, they even had a desire that let the mountains fall on me so that I die. Let just the mountain crush me so that I die. You see that there is something about man and the nature, the way we were, we were created, that we want to hold on to life as long as we can. We want to be around as long as we can. And that is why we try to stay healthy and do all those things, so that we can live as long as possible. But in these days, the Bible says that people are going to desire to die, and they will not have it. It tells you the intensity of the, the pain and intensity of the things that the people are going to go through. And remember, this is even just the second seal that has been released. And people are already ready to die. But Bible says that even when they desire that the mountain should fall on them so that they die, they will not have that desire. Like I said, this is not meant to scare any of us, but it's meant to caution us. To inspire us so that we hold on onto our faith. We, we hold on onto our faith and we are steadfast in our faith so that we'll be raptured and we'll go and be with the Lord. Amen. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the, cor at the four corners of the earth, holding the four, the four wings of the earth. 
and the winds that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on the tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So these angels, the Bible tells us that again in the Revelation, John saw that there were four angels who had been given authority to harm the earth and to harm the sea and to harm the trees. And when they were ready to execute their mission, a loud voice said that they should, know, they should just wait until God has sealed the 144,000 people who are people from the tribe of Israel. And so when you move to the next verses it tells us that there are going to be 12,000 people from the tribe of judah 12,000 people from the tribe of reuben from the tribe of god asha naphtali manasseh 12,000 people simon 12,000 levi 12,000 people issachar 12,000 zabalon 12,000 people joseph 12,000 people and benjamin 12,000 people when you put it together that's 144 (coughs) i'm sorry when you put that together, that's 144,000 people. Now, an interesting thing that we see here is that Manasseh and Joseph were not originally part of, were not part of the original 12 tribes of Israel. But we know that Dan and Ephraim will lose their place because of idolatry. When you read Judges chapter 18 and 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 20, um, from verse 25, that it, talk, it tells you about the idolatry of Dan and Ephraim. And so they were taken out of the um the tribes and they were replaced we know that manasseh is coming from joseph and we see joseph the tribe of joseph the tribe of manasseh where from the beginning we didn't have the tribe of joseph and the tribe the tribe of manasseh and so what happens is that god after the rapture of the church god is going to raise hundred and forty four thousand people from israel who are jewish people who are going to do serious evangelism on earth They are going to tell people about Jesus Christ. And I tell you, at that time, there's going to be radical Christians. I tell you, because they know that their time is short. Imagine all the Christians who have heard that there's going to be um, a rapture. All the people who have heard there's going to be a rapture of the church. And they did not submit and did not give their lives to Jesus Christ. And those people are around during this time. And they have seen that the church has been snatched away. Last week, we saw that there are two people who are lying down. One will be snatched away and the other person will remain. Can you imagine what the other person will be like? Knowing very well that I was here with my husband. I was here with my wife. My wife was snatched away and I have, I have remained here on earth. Can you imagine the type of Christian this person will become? And that is why a lot of the people who are going to be saved from the tribulation will be martyred because they will be willing and ready to die. A lot of them will be willing and ready to die. For the people who come to salvation at that time, they are going to be very serious Christians. Because imagine that before your very eyes, somebody you know was snatched away. You were there having a conversation and by the time you you realize the person was missing, was snatched away, was raptured. And you were there. At that point, I'm sure you will begin to remember all the things the person told you about the rapture. 
And that is going to be a transform. Um, that's going to bring transformation in the person's life. And so when the church is snatched away, now the responsibility of sharing the gospel is given to this 144,000 people who are Jewish people who are going to start preaching. They are going to preach to the Jewish people as well because the Bible tells us in Romans that the that um in Romans chapter 11 verse 25 I believe that um Pastor um Pastor Steve touched on this when um he was teaching that for I do not desire brethren that you should be ignorant of this mystery lest you should lest you should be wise in your own eyes I'm sorry you should be wise in your own opinions that blindness is part Blind, sorry, that blindness in the part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile has come in. And so all Israel will be saved as it is written. And so Israel will begin to accept, the Israelites will begin to accept the gospel. Those who were there at that time will begin to accept the gospel. For those who will not accept the gospel at that time, we will see later in the chapters that they will be hidden and there will be two witnesses who will also come to minister to them. And so these 144 people, will begin to take um, the place of the church with regards to evangelism and begin to speak to the people, telling people um, about Jesus Christ and telling them to come to salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, this is also one of the reasons why I believe that the Holy Spirit will still have to be around during the time of the tribulation. And this is one of the reasons why I believe that the church is the one restraining these things from happening. Because the, the people who say that the Holy Spirit is the one restraining um, the release of the Antichrist and the release of the tribulation are saying that the Holy Spirit will be taken away from the earth. Now, the Bible makes us understand when people hear the gospel, it takes the work of the Holy Spirit for them to be convic convicted so that they will accept Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And if people are going to continue preaching during the tribulation, if God is going to raise 144,000 people to preach during the tribulation, and people are going to accept their message, then I believe they will still need the presence of the Holy Spirit for that to happen. I mean, this is what I believe, and I think that it's one of the reasons why one of the reasons that convinces me that um that or that convinced me that the Holy Spirit will be around at the time of the tribulation and he's not the one restraining um the release of the antichrist but it's rather the church because the bible tells us categorically that the church will be taken away from the from the earth but it does not tell us when the holy spirit will be taken away from the earth and so i think that it's safe to say that it is the church that is resisting these things from happening and so the 144 people will go out there and start evangelizing and start telling people about jesus christ Verse 9 says that after these things, I looked and behold a great multitude, no one could number, of all nations, tribes, people, and song, uh, and tongue, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and with palm branches in their hands. And so the ministry of the 144,000 people was successful. Bible says a great multitude will come out of the tribulation. The people are going to accept um, the gospel and so this is the the this um the saints who are coming out of the tribulation or the tribulation saints these are the people who accepted the gospel during the time of the tribulation and these people will also come and stand before the presence of the and the bible says they are and they are crying out with loud voice saying salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb 
all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessings and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Now, one other thing here you see is... Um, the end, um, the 24 elders, some their identity has not been revealed. The identity is not revealed. Some people believe that they are going to be the 12, um, the um, the 12 try, um, the patriarch, the 12 patriarch, and then the 12 um, apostles. Others also believe that they are angels, but then when you look closely into Revelation, you realize that they are not angels because. One, because of the song they were singing. Last week we talked about the song. They were saying that they have been redeemed from the earth. They were saying that they have been made kings and priests. And so that tells us that, you know, that kings and priests is the identity of the church. And so we know that the 24 elders are coming from the earth. And again, whenever they are mentioned in, in, in chapter 5, verse 11, and chapter 7, verse 11, when angels are mentioned, the angels are mentioned separately and the 24 elders are also mentioned separately. So when you look at this chapter, verse 11, the Bible says, And the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the 24 living creatures. So the angels stood there and then the elders also stood there. And so that again points us to the fact that the 24 elders might not be angelic beings, but Again, the song that they are singing points us to the fact that these 24 elders were coming from the earth. Amen. And so um, verse 7, I'm sorry, the last slide on chapter 7. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes? And where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in the temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat for the Lamb who sits in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to the living fountain of waters. And God will wipe away their tears. And so the 20, um, one of the elders told John that the people you see right now, the multitude you are looking at right now, are the people who came out of the tribulation. And so you see, you can see the love that God has for his people. That even during the tribulation, he gives people another chance to be saved. Some people describe these people as the people who are coming with the second flight. All of us here, our aim should be to go with the first flight, which is the rapture, when we all meet Christ in the cloud. These people also came out of the tribulation. And the Bible says they have washed they are robes and made them white with the blood of the Lamb. Their sins have been forgiven. Through the blood of the Lamb, their sins have been forgiven. They have been qualified to come into the presence of God. 
God has delivered them and redeemed them from all the tribulation that was going on on the earth at that time. And they are in the presence of God today. And the Bible says they are never going to thirst again. They are never going to hunger again. And every tear will be wiped out of their eyes. This is a beautiful scene. This is a beautiful um comments that is made about the people who will be in the presence of god can you imagine that we are going to have a we are going to be in the presence of god in a place where there will be no tears there will be no sorrow there will be no pain there will be no diseases there will be no sickness there will be no death satan will be totally defeated we will will be out of reach of the devil because we are in the presence of god whenever you read revelation focus on the things that emphasize hope that is there for God's people. Focus on the things that emphasize the victory that the church is going to have. Focus on the things that emphasize the benefits of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't focus on the Antichrist. Like I said from the beginning, Revelation is not about the Antichrist. It's about Jesus Christ because it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is a glorious hope that God was showing to the people To inspire them to remain faithful. He's telling them that when you remain faithful to the end, the first recipient of this letter, when they read these things, because at that time they were going through pain. They were going through, there was a lot of tears. They were being persecuted. Some of them were being killed. And so when they read these things, that actually if they stay faithful, if they continue in their faith, there is going to be a time that they will be in the presence of God. There is going to be a time that there will be no tears, but Jesus Christ will be will preserve and protect them. And they are going to meet the lover of their souls face to face. When they think about these things, this was supposed to inspire them. This was supposed to encourage them to move on in their faith and not give up on their faith. That is the message of Revelations. That is the purpose of Revelation. That we will be inspired as believers to press on and be steadfast and live our lives for Christ. Because we know that if we continue, if we press on, if we are steadfast, we are going to meet Jesus Christ face to face. And he will be, he will be, he's going to be our God forever. And we are going to be his people forever. That is the message. That should inspire us. That should encourage us. That should motivate us in our Christian life. So when you read Revelation, your reaction should not be fear. But when you read and you see these things happening, you should smile and shout for joy because there is hope ahead for you in this journey as a believer. Amen. Amen. All right. Maybe we can touch a little on chapter 8 and then... We'll close for today. We have a few minutes more. We'll just touch a little on chapter 8. And so, chapter 8 tells us that when he opened the seventh seal, there was great silence in heaven for about half an hour. You see, a lot of people have tried to put things in the Bible which is not there. The Bible only tells us that there is going to be silence for half an hour. And you, people can speculate and say things, okay, this half, half uh, this is what's going to happen or that's going to happen. But all the Bible tells us that there's going to be silence. So let's keep it at that. There's going to be silence for half an hour. Oh, uh, my attention has been drawn. It looks like I missed something from chapter 6. Did I? All right, let me go back to chapter 6. 
because I, I know that chapter six, my slides um, go mixed up. Okay, so the first, um, the first seal in chapter six is when um, the Antichrist is um, released. The second seal is when um, war and and there's going to be um, there's going to be war. People are going to kill themselves. Oh yes, I I I I did not talk about scarcity, and I did not talk about death. Oh yes, I I think I missed a couple. My slides got missed up. Okay. So in chapter 6, let me go back to chapter 6. <coughs> so the <coughs> I'm sorry. Um so chapter 6, the first thing we see in chapter 6 is that there is going to be that the, the antichrist is going to be released after the church is um is raptured and then after the after the antichrist is released Okay, so this is the slide that I missed, the third and the fourth seal. So in verse 5, it says, When when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of belly for a denarius and do not harm the oil. And so after the first seal is released, which is going to be the Antichrist, the second seal, which is going to be war and people killing each other, the third seal in chapter six that is released is going to be hunger. There's going to be hunger and there's going to be scarcity. People are going to be hungry. It means that there is going to be a lot of... um that um, food is going to be very expensive as it's explained here that food is going to be very expensive and people will have to um, struggle or people will find it difficult to get food and so he says that wheat is going to be sold for a denarius and this was pointing us to the fact that at that point when the third seal is re revealed or when the third seal is opened there is going to be a lot of hunger and the fourth seal in Revelation chapter 6, the Bible says, When he had opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the four living creatures saying, Come and see. So I looked, and a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was death, and hedges, some translations say, and hell, because the same word is used for hedges and for hell, followed him, or grave, followed followed with him. And the, <clears throat> the power was given over a fort of the earth to kill with the soul, with hunger, with death, and by the beast of the earth. Wow. The Bible says that, and what is going to happen? Look, people are, are already dying out of the wars. People are going to die out of hunger that is going to be released on the earth. And now, people are going to be killed with the soul, with hunger, with death, and with the beast of the earth so they are going to be beasts they are going to be animals who are going to attack people from the earth they are going to kill people and so you see that um when the first four seals are released from revelation chapter um chapter six we see that it is it is destruction people are losing their lives people are dying people are being 
wicked to one another because the Bible says they are going to kill each other with a sword and hunger is killing a lot of people. There is going to be severe hunger. The Bible tells us that at that time, it is going to be, the tribulation is going to be severe as has never happened before. And so, like I keep saying, this is not a time that you want to leave. And so make it your goal that you will be raptured with the church before the tribulation starts. And we have established that the church will be raptured before the tribulation starts. And that should be our goal. All we have to do as believers is to imitate Christ. Walk in, in the standing, in the righteousness that Christ has given us. So that these things that the Bible is, is, is talking about, we do not experience them. Again, it is not to scare you. It is to warn you in advance. This warning has been given 2,000 years in advance. So that when you read it, you will plan your life in a way that you can avoid it. You will live your life in a way that you can avoid it. How can you avoid it? By heeding to the word of God. And staying faithful to the teachings of Christ. Now the fifth seal. When he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar of under the altar the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. I think I mentioned earlier that the people during the tribulation, a lot of the believers will hold on to their faith. They will be ready to die no matter what comes there because they have seen people being raptured. They have seen the things that are happening. They have seen the prophecies the Bible is talking about. The Bible has mentioned they have seen all those prophecies happening. And so people who be the, the people who come to Christ at that time, a lot of them are going to be martyred. They are going to be killed. For their faith. And again, it will come through the power of the Holy Spirit. It will come through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. Because human beings out of their own will cannot stand and hold on to the word of God till death. But the Holy Spirit will inspire people, will enable people. The first person who was martyred for his faith, who is Stephen, or the first person that was recorded in the, in the New Testament as being killed for his faith, who was Stephen, the Bible tells us, and Stephen was filled with the Holy Ghost. And that enabled him, that even when they were stoning him, his eyes were open and he saw a revelation of Jesus Christ receiving him into heaven. And he says, God should not put that to their charge. And today, out of that, we had um, Paul. And so if Stephen, who is the first martyr, we see the characteristics of what enabled Stephen to stand the stoning, then this martyrs as well, it will take the inspiration and the enablement of the Holy Spirit for them to hold on to their faith. Again, for me, this are convincing evidence that the one who is resisting the, um, the appearing of the, the Antichrist is the church. And the Bible says, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each one of them. And it said to them that you should rest a little longer until both the number of your fellow servants and the brethren who will be killed as they were was complete. So these people were crying that, Well, um, God should avenge their death. 
God should come avenge their, de- their death on the people on the earth. And he says, you people, and, and God tells them, you people should rest until the number of your se- the servant and your brethren is complete. It means that more people were going to be killed for their faith. And so those Christians at that time, are we, are we, I think I mentioned this point already, are going to be very radical. They are not going to give up on their faith. They are not going to give up on what they believe because they have seen all the prophecies being fulfilled in their very eyes. God gives them a white robe. And you see that everybody who was victorious, who came into the presence of God, including the 24 elders, were given white robes and they had crowns. And these people were given white robes and they were saying, God, when are you going to avenge? When are you going to deal with the people who, who killed us? And God told them to wait until the number of their brethren is complete. So God was actually still waiting, holding on on to judgment so that people will still come to the knowledge of the truth. Don't you see the love of God in this? That he doesn't want them to be destroyed. He still waited and held on to the judgment so that others will also be saved, so that others will also come and join the folks who are in, in heaven. And so when you read Revelation, if your, your, your interpretation of revelation gives you a different nature of God than what you have known about God from Genesis to Jude, then look at it again. Because from Genesis to Jude, you see a God who wants a relationship with his people, who desires that everyone should be saved and should come to the knowledge of the truth, who is long-suffering and gives people the opportunity to make the right choice, who also allows man to, to, to exercise their free will, on, on to making that right choice. And so if your interpretation of revelation reveals to you a different God than what you have known right from the Old Testament to Jude, then look at it again because nature, the nature of God will not change, but he will continue to be that loving God who hates sin and wants to deal away with sin, but loves people and wants to save people. That is the nature of God that we should, we should see when we read the book of Revelation. Amen. Shall we pray? I don't know if there are any questions. There are any questions? Sorry, I I had to go back to chapter six. I think I missed it. Pastor Steve, thank you for drawing my attention to it. Okay, shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity and privilege. We pray, O oh God, that we remain faithful, we remain steadfast in our faith. No matter what comes our way, O God, we pray that when it's time for you to rapture your church, we'll be found worthy to be part of the number. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray every sin that any one of us is dealing with, we pray that the Holy Spirit will grant us the grace to overcome it in the name of Jesus. So that, O God, when you come one day, we will not be missing from from the number. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.